Perhaps like you, um, like uh, I, you have enjoyed in these past few weeks seeing the photos and the uh, videos of people hugging for the first time after a long period of time. Uh, traffic and air travel were increased over Mother's Day weekend. Many families were vaccinated and were able to go and be in the presence of their loved ones and enjoy a first warm hug. It was beautiful to see those things and I anticipate that we'll continue to see such beautiful uh, openings up um, all around us. Even as a society is opening up because the strength of the coronavirus is waning a bit due to the increasing percentage of people who have been vaccinated, we live in a world that is rife with disagreement and yes, even some conflict over whether people should get vaccinated just as there was the conflict and disagreement over whether people should wear masks. And all of that strikes me as rather strange. I put it in historical perspective, um, thinking about this. Uh, since 1900, the global average life expectancy has more than doubled around the world. And the United States life expectancy, how long a person might expect to live born at a certain day and time, has been increasing rapidly also. In 1900, the average life expectancy for men was 46 years, and for women, 48 years. In the mid-1900s, it was 66 years for men and 71 for women, and it's now around 76 for men and 81 for women. Now, there are a lot of factors that have contributed to this amazing increase in the length of life. Agriculture, better nutrition for people, improved structures of sanitation and knowing what that involves. And yes, of course, medical knowledge and vaccinations have been a big part of this. Science, growth in scientific knowledge is behind almost all of those advances in some way. One way to chronicle the progress in technology is by causes of death. In 1900, the, the plurality of deaths was caused by infections, viral or, or bacterial, pneumonia, influenza, tuberculosis, and diphtheria claimed 34% of all who died in that year. By contrast, the only infections on that list that caused an appreciable number of uh, cases of death in 2010 were pneumonia and influenza, and that was only 2%. As people live longer because infectious disease is receding, death is most commonly due to old age or heart disease or cancer. So science has done so much, and science the scientific establishment, while not perfect, should have earned our trust with matters of physical health. And therefore, the arguments that circulate about vaccinations and masks are worth having because they are quite simply a matter of life and death. During these past several weeks, we've heard beautiful words about love from 1 John, a letter to a group of churches that John 
and uh, his followers had helped establish. They've been so positive, so powerful, and so reassuring, full of words about love. And I want to refresh your memory on some of them. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called God's children, and that is what we are. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and it hasn't appeared yet all that we will be, but we know that when he appears, we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope purifies himself as God is pure. Dear friends, let's not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and reassure our hearts in God's presence. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The person who doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. And this is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. You might be surprised to know that these beautiful words about love were also written in the midst of controversy, serious controversy within John's churches about what to believe. John believed that this too, this controversy which dealt with who Jesus was, was of utmost importance. At stake in that discussion, disagreement, was not so much life expectancy in terms of length, but life in terms of its quality. He lets us know that he is having this discussion and making, pushing the, his claims because at stake is our connection to the source of life eternal. Now, one of the teachings that was going on in the church at the time was of a group that believed that the baptism uh, was the occasion in which God's spirit kind of came upon Jesus and he was at a greatly inspired spiritual teacher who um, taught in light of the spirit, but then um, the spirit left him before he died because this teaching did not see the, the suffering and the um, and the frailty of human life as a suitable vehicle for God's spirit. And in his own way, in reasoning that probably seems strange to us, the writer of John was talking about all of the ways that God testified, that God made his case for who Jesus was through Jesus' life. He was doing this because he believed that Jesus was the source, the author of love, and that for us not to be connected to the full humanity and divinity of Jesus would somehow be robbing us of our vital connection to that source of energy. I did want to share um, from this uh, 
1 John, uh, one of my favorite memories um, from King Avenue, and, and it was symbolic in many ways. Uh, I think the last time we had an in-person pride service, we had uh, a King Avenue group that was encouraged to park in the parking lot at Hubbard. And um, I was there with some others, and there were a lot of posters, as usual, with wonderful, witty, pithy sayings on them that were being distributed. And uh, I handed out the posters that I had with me, and, and um, people went off to our meeting place in Goodale Park, and I was uh, hanging back behind in case any latecomers would show up so that I could direct them to the uh, meeting spot. And after everyone was gone, I realized that I'd given away all of the posters, and I really don't like to march in the parade without a poster. And um, I'm not very witty, so I was trying to think of something witty to put on the poster, uh, because I did have a, a board in the, in the trunk, no markers, um, but a stick of glue and some scraps of other paper. And suddenly I decided, and this is why I'm glad that all of the confirmands are starting to have some favorite scriptures they commit to memory, that I could probably rip the pieces of paper and make my favorite pride sign ever, which is, God is love. And I have it to this day. That was a fun day good energy. For the author of John, he wanted people to be connected to God, the source of love. Back in John's day, he was just maybe one generation away from the actual witness to the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and so he pointed out those episodes in the life of Jesus which were pointing to God's testimony that this is my agent. This agent, Jesus, expresses my will for the world. In subsequent generations now, we are the bearers of that testimony. And that testimony is about the way we live our lives with love with faith, and with hope. In that same hundred years in which I recounted science's amazing progress in overcoming uh, disease and lengthening life, in that same hundred years, churches and people of faith were spreading colleges, hospitals, retirement centers, Adoption um, and orphanages were being founded and spread all over this country. It was the outward manifestation, the political and the institutional manifestation of the love that people experienced in God and in their community spilling out into the world. Love is not just a feeling. The gospel of John, or the writer of the letter to John, had to make the point about Jesus in his full humanity being also a manifestation of God's giving nature because he wanted to emphasize that love is not an abstract property. Love is not just a feeling. It is an action driven by commitment 
for the welfare and the well-being of others. Love is the most important force in the world. Science can tell us how, op how reality operates. It cannot tell us how we should operate within it. It cannot tell us how we should choose how to live, what the significance of our lives are, whether or not we should love. It cannot tell us what is good, what is true or beautiful. That comes as a gift from above. And it begins with God's love for the world put on full display in Jesus Christ. Bishop Michael Curry, who uh, wrote the wonderful book, Love is the Way, and also was the preacher at Harry and Megan's wedding, you probably heard him at that point, says that love is a firm commitment to act for the well-being of someone other than yourself. It can be personal or political, individual or communal, intimate or public, Love will not be segregated to private, personal precincts of life. It affects all aspects of life. It is shown in the world. Everyone who has been connected to God by faith has had some person in their life who has shown them what love has looked like. Think about who that person has been for you. Someone who stood by you, pushed you, believed in you, maybe even sacrificed for you. Odds are they weren't doing it because it served them. They were doing it because they cared about you. And they wanted life's sweetness to open wide for you. And that is what love does. It opens the sweetness of life. And so I ask you, what testimony is your life giving? When people look at the testimony of the way you live your commitments, what will they see? Will they see love? It was so interesting to me to have the conversations with the confirmands about um, asking them to observe reflect on what they had observed and learned about God themselves or others in this past year. Now I have to tell you, now they were all very polite, but they don't ever really look like they're paying attention in confirmation. <laughs> so I was really blown away that they were. They've been thinking about the world around them. They have gotten started on a journey of thinking for themselves about what it means to shape a good life. And the best we can ask is that they start to ask those questions more and more in light of the love they've seen in people around them. Some of the children, or youth, excuse me, talk to people in their families asking them, to tell their faith stories, why they believed. Maybe they didn't look like they were paying attention then, but I can tell you they were. What will our testimony continue to be as we come out of this difficult time? Will we open ourselves back up not only 
to be interacting with one another, but will we open ourselves up even more to commit ourselves to loving one another and loving people outside the walls of the church. We don't have a shortage of knowledge in our society. We have a shortage of love and of people who are willing to live it and commit to it. I'm so glad, so glad for the many people in this congregation who have given and received love to me. Thank you. It has been a joy and a privilege. And I pray your testimony will continue to grow and spread far beyond the walls of this church. Because God is love. May it be so. Amen.